Welcome to Scrollin', episode number 76. I'm Ket, joining me as usual, the Bard of Sovngarde himself, Davia Starjumper. What's going on, dude? This title intros, you're just reminding me of these character names. They're being put to further use now. That's why we changed the intro, because I wanted a reason <laughs> to use to... all these titles. <laughs> well, we have a lot to to talk about, so let's just dive right into it. We are here to talk about public test server version 8.0.0. This is for the upcoming High Isle chapter. Um, so what, it's probably like five or six weeks away, judging by typical PTS cycles. Yep. We got to get that that 8.0.0. That's got to get some numbers behind it. We got to get to. So yeah, this is this is week one of uh, of PTS, and it just dropped yesterday. So we've had like 24 hours basically to to read over the notes. I've logged into PTS a few times just to kind of look around and stuff. But stuff's it's still early. It's still fresh and new. So you know, keep that in mind. These are these are kind of fresh takes. Um, so yeah, this, this is the big annual chapter, the one that you have to pay extra for, even if you have ESO plus. This is the biggie. It's the big one, people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get ready. It, uh, it is the second installment of the legacy of the Bretons year long adventure is how they phrase it. Um, and, uh, you know, it has kind of all the usual stuff that you get with, uh, with a new expansion. There's a big new zone, High Isle, which is a archipelago. Right? Nailed it. <laughs> Don't <laughs> ask violence. me. Right? I mean, every <laughs> listener we have knows that I am not saying words right. I, I rehearsed before the podcast started. I'm pretty sure it's Archipelago. <laughs> Just, that's, that was your tongue twister. Just say it in the mirror <laughs> ten times. Yeah. Um, so I, I visited the zone in, on PTS. Uh, I will say it actually took me a uh, surprisingly long time to actually find it on the map. It is on the main map. Like when you zoom out and you... You look at all of Tamriel. I, I wasn't seeing it at first. It's like a tiny, tiny little group of islands far, far off on the left-hand side. Um, but if you look closely, it's there. It kind of looks like it's part of Somerset, actually. I think that's why I was missing it, because like my mind was just kind of mentally oh, grouping okay. it in with Somerset. Okay. But the thing is, it looks super tiny on the map, but the way they scale it, it's actually... The, the size of the zone is on par with typical expansions. Like I've seen comparisons online where people will like scale it up to like what it really is compared to other uh, like Somerset and, and other places. It's a it's a good size zone. It's not nearly as small as what it looks like on the map. Hmm. You get the typical stuff. There's a bunch of delves, world bosses, public dungeons, uh, a whole bunch of quests. Uh, the uh, the like dark anchor equivalent is um, these things called volcanic vents. Uh, and I think there's like um, smaller versions of those volcanic vents that pop up throughout the world as well as like little mini events. Okay. Okay. Did you actually, did you partake in one? Did you see it nope. live? Okay. No, I haven't. Um, I haven't had a chance to even see one in action. Uh, there's also a trial called uh, the Dreadsail Reef. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's a trial. I haven't done a trial in ages and ages, but um, I'm sure it's a good one. Who knows? We'll see. The main city is called Ganfallon Bay. I thought it was pretty typical looking city. I was going to ask you. So you've you've been on the test server. You've run around a little bit like good looking zone, like standard, typical, like above average, below average. I got to say it was uh -oh. very it was very kind of typical looking. I ran around quite a bit, uh, kind, kind of seeing the sights around the whole island and everything and it was nicely designed, but 
it looks pretty basic, honestly. Like they they described it as being kind of a Mediterranean is the aesthetic they were sort of going for, and I guess I could kind of see that in places, but really, not really. Um, it's just kind of there's grass and there's rocks and <laughs> there's some grass and rocks there's and trees water out there. And, yeah, it's it's real basic uh, kind of looking zone. So you weren't just overly impressed with like the look, like you didn't just kind of. No, nah, it's not like when you go to Somerset for the first time, or okay. or when you go to Southern Elsewhere for the first time, where it's just like this breathtaking thing. Like to me, this seemed like a zone that I've been in before. Like I, it seemed like familiar and and all of that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm not trying to be negative, but I was a little <laughs> I was a little disappointed, and sure. just there's there That's wasn't fair. a lot of pizzazz going on there. You know, no jazz hands happening. No, no. Um, but you know, I am looking forward to getting into the quests. They're they're really pushing the the writing this chapter. It seems like like uh, they did a a um, live stream last week where they they gave us like a big preview of this chapter coming up, and they were really really emphasizing the writing and the stories and the interweaving kind of plot lines and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully they really deliver on that stuff, and that'll really carry the expansion. I'm hoping so. Okay. There's a new card game called Tales of Tribute. Davis, do you understand this thing or anything about it? <laughs> I do, and I've got some. I've got some notes on this. I'm gonna. I'm my my goal is not to take too long in this. <laughs> okay, but I got some. Take notes. as long as One. you need. Because <laughs> I three. do not comprehend this, this thing. Is the, this is the SpongeBob three hours later, <laughs> and that's a card game. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all asleep. <laughs> yeah, everybody's passed out. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, my initial thought is I'm actually. I'm kind of surprised by how kind of fully fledged out the card game is. So mm-hmm. I kind of watched it and um, it, you know, I kind of expected it to be this very simple rule kind of war, you know, just like a war, simple war game, you know, cards, simplest game ever. And it's actually pretty detailed. There's a couple different winning um, conditions. There's some strategy to it. It kind of builds up. Uh, one thing that really surprised me is they said they estimate each game taking about 15 minutes. Which kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, the shared decks, the you know, the strategy is you kind of, there's shared decks. We had talked about that in previous episodes. Uh-huh. It really doesn't bother me as much after seeing how it works out. Uh, you almost kind of do a draft of the decks. That's and the so word just, for it. Yeah, I was trying yeah, to think so, of that. It's a draft. Yeah. yeah, and so that kind of plays into the strategy of the game. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, it definitely does take a little bit of the collectability out of it because there's really... This is not really a game where a dominant player is just going to get great at it and then always beat people. There's a, there's a good amount of luck in the game because of that draft. Um, there's kind of a condition where it's a little bit um, kind of pokerish, you know. There's kind of in poker you have like the uh, I'm not a poker player, but you kind of have the river or the you know the four cards that you can kind of build off of. Um, yeah. And there is that kind of element to the game. And so there is there is a good amount of luck in the game, but you can, if you understand the game and understand the cards, you could kind of build a strategy. But um, there there seems to be a pretty good level playing field for players. There's not really going to be a way for a player to to build up a large advantage over the other player, which I, I guess is good because, you know, you don't really want people to go out there and collect a whole bunch and then just always win. I can see... Uh, how that they could want that to be a deterrent they don't want that to happen do you think a player would be able to 
dominate just based on getting really good at the game and understanding how to how to be good at playing the game rather than just having yes i do and that's kind of goes into there is some pretty detailed strategy uh the the strategy is really in that drafting and and kind of building your 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 repeating deck so you kind of you build this deck that you're kind of working on it's really only 10 cards so it's rotating every every two turns it's kind of rebuilding and you're kind of swapping cards in and out or upgrading cards and so a really knowledgeable player that has played a lot is going to know the strategy of how to get those 10 cards to really combo whereas if you're not super knowledgeable they're probably gonna gonna turn that on you pretty quick so i think there is going to be a like a ranked mode like you can use the activity finder and i think there's like a casual mode and a ranked mode i don't know if they're called that exactly but they they're going to have that which i think is interesting i'd like to have such a thing for bgs that'd be kind of (laughs) nice i do think it's pretty good the way the game plays it um it seems to have a pretty good flow you know i did i was surprised by how long a game takes but the turns seem to have a pretty good flow there's a lot of movement if you will so you're playing a lot of cards you know you're building resources and then there's a lot of stuff happening which i think is you know makes that's the element of a good card game is you feel like you've got a lot going on during your turn and a lot of decisions for strategy so i think that's good but here's here's the thing. Here's my biggest takeaway uh, from the card game is uh, why, <laughs> uh, <laughs> why. I mean, this is it's. I enjoy card games. I mean, we've talked about this. I really, really enjoy card games. I I play phone apps. I I play Magic the Gathering, the physical card game. I've played for years and years. I very much enjoy strategy deck building card games. But this is a this is a fully fledged card game inside another game i mean the artwork is very good the ui is really nice um, and i probably will play this in the game but it seems like it took i mean this is where their time and resources went they put a lot of time and resources into this and the design the balance to make it work and i just I, i come away a little bit confused of why they created a game that keeps you from playing the game that you're you're on if that makes sense like I'm logging uh, on to ESO to play ESO, not a card game. If I want to play this, a card game, I have all yeah. kinds of other card games I can choose from. I think it's a cool element, but after kind of seeing it and seeing how far they invested and the artwork on the cards and, and how much work was put into it, I'm just, um, I mean, it's a very high quality side game, but it just, I just kind of come, I'm, I come away a little confused with all of those those resources being invested to this it kind of makes me think that they could have maybe been, you know, what we've talked about is that maybe invest those a little bit more into the ESO game to get us a little bit more excited on that. And it's obviously like a lot of effort went into it, yeah. you know, like we're we're kind of complaining about not having a, a class or a skill line and stuff like that. But I think that it seems like that level of work and effort yes. and stuff went into this and it's just like, was that a yeah. great decision or not is kind of the question there. And that was the part that surprised me. After actually seeing it and seeing the artwork on the card and the design and how much balance had to go into this and designing all the decks and, you know, they designed an entire game and that's, you know, that had to take time and, and putting talented minds together to come up with and the strategy. Yeah. And um, I bet this thing took a lot of work and it just, I don't know, maybe they just kind of wanted a break for BSO and they were like, here we go, we're going to do this and... and and one, it's like easy to be cynical and think like, well, they're just wanting to monetize it. But from what I can tell, they're not monetizing it other than just 
selling you the expansion so you can play it. But from what I can tell, there's nothing in the crown store related to it or anything. It's all just in the game. And I would imagine, you know, kind of like what the companions have become, I would imagine in, in going forward with expansions, there'll be a couple new decks released, um, you know, going forward, every expansion, they'll probably release, you know, yeah, two you're probably new decks right. to they'll continue to, to grow it over time and who knows how yeah. it'll evolve. Uh, speaking of companions, there are also two new companions. There's a Khajiit and a Breton, both female, I believe. Companions talk. They're great. I like them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to we need to sound cut that one. They're great. <laughs> just the most forced. They're great ever. They're great. They're so good. Uh, they're. I love them. I hope for next year's chapter. Instead of a card game and two new companions, I hope we get four new companions. <laughs> and two new card games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, probably the most exciting part of the whole chapter, I think, are these new uh, armor sets. They, I, I will say, I think they got really creative this go-around with uh, the collection of armor sets here. Don't you think so? Yeah, I would agree with that. I There's some... there's. For the first time in, in, a, in a decent amount of time, there's multiple sets that we're excited about. Yeah. Some of them seem borderline broken. One of them in particular is absolutely broken and will get nerfed before it goes live. I'm calling it right now. We'll get into it. It has to. Has to. It must. But for the <laughs> most part, they just seem kind of interesting, creative, and, and just useful, you know, uh, in general. There's a whole bunch, of course, and it's an entire chapter. So we're not going to talk about every single one because we don't want to have a four hour long podcast. Um <laughs> But we've picked out a few, and I think we'll probably talk about most of the mythics. Um, yeah. But let's start with Blessing of High Isle, which is a light overland set. Um, so it gives you a line of Max Magicka, Magicka Recovery, and another line of Max Magicka, and then the five-piece. Uh, when you're healed while in combat, you increase your weapon and spell damage by 369 for five seconds. It's like a reverse spell power cure, kind of, right? Yeah. It's simple. Good quality. I like it. Like, not yeah. much to it. Easy to proc. You're probably... And a BG, like, you know, we always look at things from a PvP standpoint. Really, in PvE, this is pretty easy, too, because yeah. you're healing yourself all the time. You know, throw a hot on yourself and 369 weapon and spell damage. I mean, that's yeah, pretty permanent. great. Yeah, like spell power cure, you have to overheal to get mm-hmm. that. This, you just have to be healed in, in any way. Uh, it's not an astronomical amount of damage, but it's, you know, it's more than Juliano's. It's 369. Yeah. Uh, you'll easily, I think in both PvP and PvE, you'll easily have a 100% uptime on that. And the two through four pieces are not too bad. Um, yeah, it's that's not what like I was overpowered, say. but it's just a decent set. Yeah, I just think it's just a simple quality set. I could see this, I could see this getting some really, really good use. Yeah, agreed. This is a, this is a great set. You throw it on a Templar, you're good to go. The one that maybe ha- like just has me intrigued the most is this crafted set called druid's braid <laughs> read, uh, read through those each line of the set will you <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to read each one one by one the reason we're laughing about that is because this is a 12 piece armor set a 12 you, this could be your entire build this one armor set if you wanted it to be um it's a crafted set it takes seven traits so you'll be able to get it pretty easily but basically what it is, rather than reading off every single thing, I'll explain sure. it this way. It's basically armor of the trainee that mm-hmm. stacks four times, right? So like the, the one piece gives you like 1,500 max health. The two piece gives you 1,400 magicka. The three piece gives you 1,400 stamina. 
And then four, five, and six, just repeat that. Seven, eight, nine repeats it again. 10, 11, 12 repeats it again. Imagine trainee, but Energizer Bunny. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps going. <laughs> just four trainees. Um, now, maybe someone for laughs will equip all 12 pieces. I bet for the most part, for the most part, this is just uh, that, that filler set is exactly what it is. It's basically going to replace trainee for the most part as that filler yeah. set. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It replaces trainee. Um, also, probably not a bad... The, the one time where I could see throwing 12 pieces on could be not terrible is if you're just leveling up a character. Craft 12 yeah. pieces of this, throwing on a character, leveling up, and you'd be just fine. Probably. I mean, really, you probably could make it work even in PvP if you did all 12 pieces. I mean, it's like, I think like 6,000 health and like 5,600 magicka and stamina. I mean, it's a lot of stat points. That's a you lot. You know, on top of... Uh, if you have sugar skulls and you have the five one one undaunted passive and all that stuff, that can be a ton of stats. I'm intrigued to see how this fits in. Are there going to be people that do, you know, seven and seven of this and five, or you know, we were talking about maybe eight of this and then four of the, I think it's witch knight that just is four lines of weapon damage. You know, there's so many, so many options with this. You could really, I'm, I'm curious to see what people plug in for a build on this. Yeah, Prisley Khan says he thinks the 12-piece needs something extra, like an extra half amount on top. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you should get, like, something special for, wow, you're equipping all 12 pieces. Good for you. Here's a little something extra. Just make my character glow. That's all I need. You got all 12 (laughs) of these, you glow now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's another one. It's just, like, it's not overpowered, but it'll, it'll, it'll get some use for sure. Yeah, you could throw, like, an arena weapon mythic and then just fill in the rest of this and you just don't worry about stats yeah or arena weapon mythic monster set fill in the rest or yeah yeah that could be good do all kinds of things with it or go 12 pieces do it why not just do it let's see it (laughs) um the trial set we want to talk about is called coral riptide it's a medium armor set uh you get a line of crit chance the three piece gives you minor slayer uh, four piece gives you penetration. The five piece also gives you pen- penetration if you have the perfected only version. Uh, and then the the real five piece bonus is um, increases your weapon and spell damage by seven hundred forty, based on your missing Oof. stamina. Seven hundred forty is that the biggest we've ever seen of a five piece that just straight up gives you weapon and spell damage? Yeah. And not even to a specific type, just a straight, flat, here's 740 yeah. weapons. Just on your stat sheet, have fun. I mean, based on your missing stamina, obviously, Sorks are going to be able to do that pretty easily yeah. with their Dark Conversion. I always want to say Dark Convergence, which is an armor set, but Dark <laughs> Conversion is the Sork ability. Dark Convergence does find a way to sneak its way in whenever yeah. you least expect it. <laughs> you least expect it. <laughs> Yeah, Sorks obviously come to mind right away, but I I feel like probably a lot of people are going to be finding ways to get that 740 weapon spell damage. They'll figure it out. Yeah, here's my thing. If if this set goes live with this, I'm calling it right now. This is the set, in my opinion, that's going to get broken first. This is the one that people are going to break, and it's just going to be annoying for a little while. This seems like you throw that 740 number, there are so many talented, strategic players out there can just put perfect builds together and make them work flawlessly and they are going to figure out how to abuse this grizzly khan's asking is there a magic version of this well 
kind of, sort of. I had that same thought because I was like, isn't there a Magicka thing kind of like this? It's not nearly as potent, though. The Magicka one, it increases your damage to non-player enemies by, was it like 15% or something like that based on your missing Magicka? I can't remember the exact percent, but it's it's percentage to non-player enemies is what it is. Uh, yeah. This is just 740 weapon and spell damage on your stat sheet. Yeah. Oof. That's a lot. That's a ton. That's that so is much. a lot. Like I said, I think Sorks in particular are going to be able to yep. take advantage of that. But, I mean, dangle 740 weapon and spell damage in front of anyone on any class. They're going to find a way. They're going to find They're a way. Going to find a way. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting that it's a trial set and it's offering that much power for... You know, like you don't have to be in PVE to benefit from it. Often those trial yeah. sets are really PVE specific, you know. It's it's kind of surprising that this one doesn't say what you're just talking about. Is it non-player, you know, you would expect that to be in kind of a trial set and it, and it to be this number be that high. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I would like to see trials have not necessarily PVP sets, but PVP viable sets, you know. Yeah. Give you a reason to do some trials. Yeah. Get those PVP players into some trials. So anyway, let's talk about these mythics here. So uh, Dovra Sabatons, I think that's right, Dovra. That's totally has to be the right one. <laughs> that's got to be the name of a dragon, right? Uh, Dovra Sabatons, this one's, uh, one's kind of wacky. Um, while sprinting, gain a stack of draconic scales every 0.5 seconds. Um, and what draconic scales gives you is 660 armor. Uh, and then you can have up to 20 stacks max. So it would take you 10 seconds of sprinting, basically, to get all 20 stacks. Each stack, you're getting 660 armor. Um, when you stop, you deal physical damage per stack in an 8-meter radius, uh, and then you gain a, gain a damage shield equal to the damage dealt, which, of course, gets cut in half in PvP. And then you retain those stacks of draconic, draconic scales for 10 seconds, so that, that physical armor that you get remains. Uh, for 10 seconds, but you can't gain any new stacks during that time. Um, and then if you have 20 stacks, when you deal that burst damage, when you stop, it'll also stun people uh, that it hits as well. Uh, scales off of your resistances. The damage scales off of resistances. Mm. So what's uh, 660 armor times 20? I can't remember. 12,000 12, something, right? Uh, 13,200. 13,200 armor. Yeah. That's my thing about this is I don't, I don't think necessarily me or you are excited about this one per se, but there are some people there's, you know, in, in, in the BG, you know, we're very PVP focused. Uh, there's some PVP players out there that love some tanky PVP. They've got the, uh, engine guardian following them around, you know, they're, they're tanky, they're blocking and, I guarantee you they're looking at this thinking there's a very easy way to get 12 or 13,200 additional armor bonus. Uh, that just seems there's going to be some serious tankiness out there. Mm-hmm. I could also see this like on a, a vampire that maybe is also using pariah and think of like yeah. if you're just defensively like kiting away or just running away from someone who's t attacking you with ranged attacks, you'll have... Those multiple layers with your vampire passive, Pariah helping you out when you get low health, and then as you're sprinting, you're just getting tankier and tankier and tankier and tankier. Yeah, well, and think about, I mean, you know, that 12,000 armor. I mean, 
this is going to be an extremely tanky player when they, you know, physical and spell resistance, uh, that's how the damage is going to be dealt. This could, I could really see this thing being a, um, oh, what was it called? The, uh, that, that set that shot out the red ring and absorbed and healed them. Uh, oh, uh, Crimson Twilight. This could be a, yeah. a Crimson Twilight all over again. I could really see it going that way. Yeah, I, I can see some people using this for like bombing, possibly. If they can get yeah. other sources of damage that scales with their physical and spell resistance. That's the thing that yeah. I think would be difficult to do. But maybe maybe they could pair this with Crimson Twilight and might have something going there. Don't give the, don't give that idea out. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um. Another mythic is called Left-Hander's War Girdle. This one's pretty cool. So Roll Dodge no longer evades attacks uh, and instead grants a damage shield that absorbs 20,990 damage over one second. And the damage shield is unaffected by Battle Spirit. So you get the full uh, the full 20,000 damage shield in PvP. Um, it's only one second, so you, you activate Roll Dodge. And basically, instead of dodging... Um, whatever, whatever attack is being pointed at you, you know, it's just going to hit that damage shield instead and probably get fully absorbed, most likely. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. Like, why use this? <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we chatted about this a little bit last night. It it seems really cool when you first read it, but then the more you think about it, it's like, how is this more advantageous than just a normal roll dodge? Because that. That one second duration, exactly. I, th- I think, is about the same window of time that you have iframes during your roll dodge while you're, you're missing those attacks. So whether those attacks miss you or whether they hit this damage shield, what difference does it make? You're, you're, and actually, it's better to actually dodge it because even if something hits that damage shield, it could still be applying a negative effect to you or something like that. Um, so, and this has taken a mythic slot. Which is pretty huge. You can't so, use other mythics. Yeah, I mean, it, everything about this seems really fantastic. And then you get to that over one second, and you're kind of like, huh, that's interesting. I feel like, like even if they made it two seconds, that would be enough for a lot of people to use yeah. it, you know? Yeah, that could make a big difference. And and I'm trying to think, like, is there a some sort of shield stacking build that this could be beneficial on? But it just seems so niche. I don't know. I, just I feel like it doesn't matter how big the shield is. It's yeah, it's nothing's just better than just not getting hit with the attack at all. <laughs> just dodging. Know? Yeah. So that's a weird. It's like a really interesting idea. Changes. I really like the idea, but I just I'm yeah. trying to think like, why would I use this? Scrolling podcast at gmail.com. Maybe there's something we're not considering that's not ob- be, like obvious to us why this would be good to use, but it seems weird. <laughs> I like uh, Grizzly Khan's comment. We hear the players rewarding tankiness with damage is not popular. We won't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, man. That's... <laughs> the, the, I don't even... First, that first mythic is uh, not quite that. I, I don't even like... I'm not even surprised by it anymore. It's just like, oh, yeah, it is that time of year, isn't it? Okay. I, yeah, it's just... A, it's a cycle. It's it's that calendar. Yeah. It's that part of the calendar. It's going to happen. Don't worry. They'll nerf it towards, you know, fall. Fall yeah. is the is the tankiness nerf. It, it'll come back around. It'll last six months max, but then it'll be back. Uh, Mora's Whispers. It took me a few Google searches to figure out what kind of piece this is. I believe it is a shoulder piece. Okay. Mora's Whispers. Uh, you gain up to 1528 critical chance, which I think uh, comes out to like 7% critical chance, um, and 10% 
increased inspiration, alliance rank, alliance skill, and monster kill experience based off of how many books in Shalador's library <laughs> have been collected. Remember, we have uh, account-wide achievements now. So if yep. your your main character has the, the full collection, uh, then your brand new character that you uh, that you just made will also have have those. Um, so this can apply to anybody. I think the crit chance alone makes it that's enough to kind of get your attention, you know. And then there's this other stuff that may or may not be interesting to you. If you're, I mean, alliance rank. If you're just trying to rack up the AP, yeah, you know, um, this is this is kind of the first like utility mythic for me, like. It's not necessarily one that I'm going to throw on like a, a dominant build, but you know this thing's great to use out of combat. Like you know the inspiration. You know if you're trying to level up your 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 crafting, yeah, throw this thing on there while you're doing it. The alliance rank. You know if you're trying to just get your rank up to get the the transmute crystals, throw this on there. And it does have a combat relevant component too. You know, so yeah, you're not totally wasting it on just that kind of utility stuff. So kind of neat. I doubt I use it, but kind of neat. This one. Get ready for this one, people. Oh, boy. And I'm just, I'm just, this is the one we were talking about before. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. This is going to get the Stoons treatment 100%. Stoons it now. I mean, it needs it. It has to be Stoons. No way it it won't be. be. Like, this is going to sound insane as we're reading this off, but just keep in mind, there's just no way they're not going to nerf this thing big time before it goes live in the next five or six weeks to come. Um, So just, just get ready for this. Oaken Soul Ring... It's a mythic item. It gives you. Let me take a deep breath here. Yeah, this is this is all one item. <laughs> all one single item. It gives you four hundred fifty weapon and spell damage, five thousand two hundred eighty armor, four hundred fifty health recovery, four hundred fifty magicka recovery, four hundred fifty stamina recovery, uh, three thousand seven thirty seven ma- uh, max health, magicka and stamina, and nineteen seventy three crit chance. Good lord. <laughs> so you get just this monumental... You get like, what, three five-piece sets worth of stats? Um, but you do have a penalty. While equipped, you are unable to swap between your primary and backup weapon sets. So you can't bar swap, basically, uh, while you're wearing this. Um, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is werewolves, right? Mm-hmm. Werewolves, mm-hmm. they don't bar swap. When you're in werewolf form, you only have one bar and you're stuck there. So if you're a werewolf wearing this Oaken Soul Ring Mythic, you are not suffering any penalty. You're just getting all those stats, and that's just it. Werewolf meta right there. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, yes, this is... I mean, this really would make werewolves just the top tier uh, when it comes to to the classes and, and however you want to put that. They're, they'd be the very top. They would take the throne. But it's so incredibly good that it... It makes sense to wear this even if you're not a werewolf. Forget back bar. Yeah. This it's so good. This is better than any back bar setup could be, which is just crazy. Like the back I mean, is back bar gonna be a thing of the past? I mean, that just <laughs> makes me sad. Like I bet back bar will still be a thing, but I bet also if it goes live just like this, I bet yeah, single bar only builds will become a lot more popular and a lot more viable. Yeah, back bar would be super rare at that point. Why? Why? I mean, it takes more skill and more trouble to use a back bar than just front bar builds. So. Yeah, well, and I've already seen lots of people like on the subreddit and in the forum, the official forums and stuff. People saying like, 
Oh, sweet. I hate having to bar swap. I can't wait for this mythic item, you know? Like, yeah, I there's mean... lots of people out there like that. Even, I mean, we talked about, we very quickly in like two minutes, theorycrafted a Templar build that could easily just stay on one yes. bar. You have everything you need. Your build is totally well-rounded and complete. Uh, and you could slot this, uh, have this ring and just be unstoppable as a Templar. I think uh, Pet Sorks is another one that yeah. could easily use this ring. Um, wardens could probably do it fairly easily. I think Nightblades could do it very easily. Their their kit is pretty kind of concise, you know. I think they could do a single bar setup pretty easily. Um, I think Necros and Dragon Knights would maybe have the hardest time pulling it off, but I bet they could find a way if they really wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> throw one piece of this on there and then 11 pieces of the 12 piece set, and boy, <laughs> that's a nasty Templar. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's a build. Uh, that's a it's build right like, there. Wow. What the what the heck? I mean, I don't know. I I really actually hope this one gets stoons because I don't want Backbar to become a thing of the past. Backbar really adds more dynamic to the game, more, you know, a diversity of abilities used in the game and and this this really I really do think this would just make the Backbar a thing of the past. I just don't see people using it after this goes live. Not even PvP would front bar builds. I mean, this is just the full game back bar oh, yeah. setups. Just Especially make sense. anyone who's, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not using it disparagingly, but anyone who's kind of casual, you know, they're not trying to be like super hardcore and they just want to have a, they don't want to be bar swapping and they don't do animation canceling. They just want to uh-huh. chill and play the game and be good. Uh, slap this on. You're going to be unstoppable, buddy. Just go for it. Just, yeah, just jab, just jab your heart out. You'll be fine. <laughs> jab away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no way it's not going to get nerfed. Calling it right it's now. Be. I'll I'll eat my hat if it's not nerfed uh, <laughs> before PTS is over. It's got to be. And then Sea Serpent's Coil, uh, another really cool one. Um, while at full health, you gain forty percent damage reduction, uh, and then after taking damage while at full health, uh, you gain Serpent's Rebuke for ten seconds. Which, um, what that does is it snares yourself by 40% and you gain Major Berserk and Major Courage um, for for 10 seconds. Uh, and then that damage reduction, that 40% damage reduction does not apply while Serpent's Rebuke is active. So 40% damage reduction as long as your health bar is full. And then if you take damage while at full health, uh, you get... Major Berserk and Major Courage for 10 seconds, but that damage reduction goes away. Davis, you pointed out to me, uh, shield stacking Sorks are probably going to be all all over this thing, right? Yeah, I think there's a way, and that's the biggest thing, is that first, you know, just read that first line and then forget about the rest. If if you're a shield stacking Sork, you could probably keep that 40% damage reduction up for a good chunk of time without any penalty. You're just taking 40% less damage. That's just... That's just wild. Yeah, just for the uh, defensiveness, not even worrying about the major berserk, major yeah, courage. Like, it. if you're keeping those shields up, like Sorks often do, then your health bar often doesn't get depleted. You go long periods of time without your health bar actually taking damage. So, those, and I believe that forty percent damage reduction will get applied to those shields, so they're going to last a really long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, with that redu- damage reduction and the shield stacking. It's. It seems very plausible that you just can just keep those shields up at all times. But I mean, mm-hmm. by the time they start burning through one, you're going to be able to get another. You know, recast it and get it back up again. So, 
Maybe we'll see some um, testing where maybe it doesn't actually work that way, but that's just reading it. That's what it seems like. Like I said, this the PTS just hit yesterday. We haven't done any testing ourselves. Yeah. So we'll see, but that just reading it seems very strong for a Sork in particular. Yes. So that's all the sets we wanted to talk about. Other miscellaneous stuff. There's going to be some new antiquities, new outfit styles. You can get a unique mount from doing the trial from one of the achievements there. Um, a bunch of cosmetics. There are five new dyes that you can get with the with the chapter. That's like exciting. And there's also some base game changes, some stuff that you get even if you don't buy the expansion. Um, a lot of quality of life stuff. They've added Munda Stones to the armory system. That's something that probably should have happened initially, but... Um, yeah. There's probably some technical thing that they weren't able to figure out right away, um, but it seems like they figured it out. Uh, one of my favorite things with this update is um, they've uh, they've made some changes to the quick slot wheel. And this is very, very cool. So you still have your normal quick slot wheel like you've always had when you press and hold Q on PC. The same old uh, wheel comes up, but you can cycle through other quick slot wheels Um for specific things. So like your allies, which are like your uh, your assistants and companions, they have their own dedicated wheel. Mementos have their own dedicated wheel. Emotes have their own dedicated wheel. And there's a category called tools, which is kind of, it's like um, the antiquarians thing that points you in the right direction for, for antiquities. That's considered a tool. Uh, so things like that go there. So that's really neat because like things like mementos... I never use mementos, and whenever I get one as like a quest reward or something, I'm like, oh, cool, this is useless. I'll never, ever use this. <laughs> um, but now if it has its own dedicated wheel, it's not going to be taking spots, slots away from my the important stuff. I'll probably use them all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, for maybe the first time since I've ever played mementos and emotes or something, I'll actually... Yeah. I mean... I, we both have a quite a large collection of them, and I can actually see myself being pretty excited about them now. Yeah, absolutely, because... As it is right now, if I want to use one of those things, I'm certainly not going to put it on a quick slot right now. And right. so if I do want to use one, I'm going to dig through a menu. Who It's going to take forever to find it because it, I have a ton of them. Um, so now I'll, have, I'll, I'll be able to go and find my favorite ones, put them on the quick slot wheel, and then I'll, I'll probably use them all the time, just like screwing around in the game. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that just kind of opens up a whole like aspect of the game that I'd, I've never really even engaged with that I probably will now. I just It's such a tiny thing, but it's really cool. That quality of life team, they're rocking it lately. They they're are. doing a great job. That QOL, <laughs> yeah, despite, you know, love or hate whatever content's coming out, that QOL keeps it coming. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, you'll now be able to choose the title screen music that you want. So I guess for me, like each, each expansion or whatever, you'll be able to go at me like, oh, you know, I liked the Somerset. Uh, intro music. I'm going to set it to that. Davius and I, if I'm, if I may, Davius. Oh yes, you uh, know, you know, I'm pumped about this one. We're going back to that original, uh, that OG, OG theme song. Oh yeah, that's just the, get you amped, ready to play. All the themes that they've come that have come out have been extremely well composed. Really great music. I love listening to them. But that original, just bum 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 bum. bum. Oh, yeah. oh man, I just get so pumped when I hear that. Like I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready to log in and freaking crack some skulls and BGs. With that title screen music, the first random mob you see when you log in the game, they're oh, getting crushed. Oh dude, get it out of have here! A I'm, I'm amped. Yeah, I'm just like all adrenaline right there, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, absolutely going back. I hope, uh, I actually would like it if um, each time they 
have new title screen music that it would go ahead and play that for me and then i can set it back to the original when i want to i do want to hear the new music when it comes out um but yeah that's we've been wanting that to happen for a long time yeah we've we've said i mean for multiple expansions now that like you said good music but we just kind of missed that original one. Right? Uh, we haven't quite gotten amped like that one did for us. None of it gets you pumped like that original theme. Oof, it's the good stuff. A fair number of combat and ability changes as well. We'll actually skip uh, a lot of them, but we'll talk about the good ones here. Uh, or the good ones and some of the not so good ones. For Dragon Knights, a little bit of a nerf. I'm not going to complain about a Dragon Knight nerf. The engulfing flames, the, the fiery breath that they use. Uh, the engulfing flames morph. They reduce the flame damage taken bonus to a maximum of six percent instead of ten percent, uh, and the weapon and spell damage that you need to reach that cap is still the same. So that is unchanged. But um, basically, your targets are going to take six percent additional flame damage, not ten percent additional flame damage. DKs are doing plenty of damage. They're not hurting in the damage department. Uh, They'll be fine. I'm not going to shed any <laughs> tears for them. Uh, choking talons, they reduce the cost by like 500, uh, hardened armor, the armor buff, uh, that particular morph, they buff the damage shield by about 24%, still a very small shield. Um, the fragmented shield ability, they increase the duration of major mending by about two seconds on that ability. Necromancer, a couple of good changes for Necromancer here, I think. Not that they need buffs necessarily, but I'll take these for, for the way I play my Necromancers. Um, Mystic Siphon, which is the the damage tether, the the Magicka morph. Basically, they don't. It doesn't cost anything to use it, but it, it deals a magic damage type, lightning damage. Um, so Mystic Siphon will now increase your health, Magicka, and stamina recovery by one fifty while it's active, rather than just restoring twelve sixty Magicka over its duration. The duration is twelve seconds. So the the Magicka sustain basically there is going to be a little bit less, but then you're also getting that health and stamina recovery at the same time. I think that's actually a really good thing. I like that a lot. Yeah. The Beckoning Armor Oof, uh, ability. This is a tough one. This is not a great one. So the Beckoning Armor, that's the one where you, um, if you shoot uh, a Necromancer with a ranged attack, it can pull you into them. It's really annoying. Uh, It can now pull you in uh, every two seconds rather than every three seconds. So it has a two-second cooldown instead of a three-second cooldown, basically. So a little bit of a buff there. I don't like that. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be a lot more pulling going on. (laughs) That's a pretty commonly used ability. Anything that's yanking me around in a BG, I don't want it. I don't like it. Mm -mm. Uh, The Ruinous Scythe ability... um, this is getting buffed actually quite a bit. So now it deals bleed damage instead of physical damage. Uh, it, it is guaranteed to apply the hemorrhage status, and it's also guaranteed to set enemies off balance with every hit, not every third hit. Um, so that's pretty good. I think bleed damage is pretty strong, and guaranteed hemorrhage and off balance with every hit uh, seems pretty darn good. I think that's good because this is such a cool-looking ability, and I don't see it nearly awesome. often enough. So I hope that gets that out there more because that's that's just such a cool yeah. ability. I would like to see that as an actual viable kind of spammable type yeah. ability. And I think this is really going to help with that. I mean, off balance every hit, that's pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff that plays off of off balance. Totally. Yeah. So just guaranteed. And it's an AOE type ability, right? Yeah. So you're going to throw 
everybody you hit with it off balance. I mean, that's that's not only good for you and if you build around it, but you're, it's going to help your teammates out too quite yeah. a bit. So that is cool. And it is very just an awesome looking ability. It's the coolest looking ability in their whole toolkit. Uh, it's a shame that it's for been sure. kind of one of the weaker abilities as well. Uh, Hexproof, which is the class cleanse, they reduce the health cost by about 200. Uh, Mortal Coil. Uh, so we talked about Mystic Siphon, which is the damaging tether. Mortal Coil is um, one of the morphs of the healing tether. Um, so now it does the same thing as Mystic Siphon. It now increases your health, magicka, and stamina recovery by up to 150 while it's active, or by, by 150 while it's active, uh, rather than restoring 1260 stamina over its duration. Um I really, even though these are kind of identical, like one heals, one does damage, but they both give you all three recoveries. Um, it's only one morph. For each ability, it's only one morph that offers that recovery thing, by the way. Um, yeah. But I like that you can do it um, with either one of these, because, for example, my Necromancer uh, is a healer, but I use this damaging tether, the Mystic Siphon, because I want that recovery. And I would really like to use Mortal Coil, but it gives Stamina Recovery, not Magicka Recovery. And I, I really want the Magicka Recovery. Well, now, either one I choose, I'm getting the same amount of all three recoveries either way. So I'm absolutely going to hop over to Mortal Coil. It's an ability that makes more sense on my healer macro, uh, And I'll be getting the same recovery benefit either way. Yeah. I'm also kind of interested if, you know, Necromancers are, they're a little, you know, sustain heavy you know you kind of burn through sustain quite yeah, a bit on it's a challenge. and i'm kind of interested you know these are both free abilities you know yeah. people out there use them both of them just to get a max you know massive amount of of recovery oh, for that's, all three um that's a really great options. point i can't believe i didn't even think of that as a possibility but it's not uncommon at all for necros to use both tethers yep yeah and now you're getting 300 all three Ooh. recoveries that's pretty great for a, a necromancer that's actually yeah man that's a great point yeah so that's pretty cool uh although yeah, i, I will say uh, although i will say in pvp at least necromancers are in- incredibly strong um, <laughs> they don't need huge buffs right now yeah they don't necessarily shout, shout out to it. uncle sam right there yeah that's <laughs> uncle sam i hope you enjoy these these buffs here i'm sure you will um Nightblade's got a few things. The Piercing Mark ability doubled its duration. Um, the Ambush ability, that's the Gap Closer, the, the Magicka Morph of the Gap Closer, uh, increased the duration of Empower that it gives you to 10 seconds instead of 3 seconds. That's very nice. Um, and now it also gives you Minor Berserk for its duration. Uh, that's kind of funny to me because they used to have a class ability that gave them Minor Berserk and they took it away because they were... I can't remember... I think they, I can't remember the reasoning they said why, but they took it away, but now they're giving it back, but it's in a different ability <laughs> than it was before. Um, so anyway, uh, and then Refreshing Path, which is like their AOE uh, hot ability, it now grants minor endurance and intellect. So you get a little magic and stamina recovery buff uh, while you're in it. So that's cool. So overall, it's just kind of buffs for the night. Yeah, some nice little buffs. And um, that ambush, that gap closer, actually, I feel like not a lot of Nightblades actually use that ability, but I feel like that might, having 10 seconds of Empower and Minor Berserk, I feel like that might actually make it enticing. 
Sorcerers. This is kind of a big one for Sam Sorks. Uh, Sam Sorks oh, keep boy. looking better and better. Uh, <laughs> Crystal Frags now activates off of any non-ultimate active ability rather than only magic abilities. So any mm-hmm. any non-ultimate ability that you cast can proc Crystal Frags now. I'm not. I don't know if I'm actually going to use this on my Stam Sork or not. I kind of like the setup he has right now, and he already has enough magic costing abilities i'm not sure i want to add another one but it's definitely a possibility and the crystal frags whenever you get the special proc when it becomes an instant cast it's a very cheap very low costing magic ability so a stand source is going to be able to afford it easily especially if you're using that um that uh what's that set called again wretched vitality um you know it's not going to be any problem so stamp sorks absolutely if, if you've been you know, wanting crystal frags. You've been, uh, you know, crying about it on the forums or whatever for years and years and years. <laughs> you can finally do it. Go ahead. Knock yourselves out. Uh, the other morph, crystal weapon, it now causes your next two light or heavy attacks to deal the bonus damage rather than just the next one. So you can get you can get two of those things in a row. Pretty nice. So that's actually like both of those morphs are are really interesting. A lot of stamps works already use crystal weapon too. Um, Endless Fury got a little bit of a cost reduction, like three hundred uh, energy overload. The ultimate now restores twelve hundred magicka and stamina rather than just twelve hundred magicka, and now it happens anytime you use light or uh, anytime you use light or heavy attacks, not just when they deal damage. But, which is good because this ability gets dodged a lot. Just all the Sork buffs. Somewhere out there, I can just hear the Will Ferrell line of just Sorks are so hot right now. <laughs> Sorks are so hot right now. <laughs> Sorks are so hot right now. I mean, they're just, oh man, just buffs. Sorks are always great, you know. They're, they're always there, but just to give them buffs with where they're already at right now, it's just, woo. Yeah. I don't think I mind it. I mean, you know, a lot of people are in really great spots right now. They maybe could use like a little bit of a nudge up, but Sorks have never been bad in PvP. That's the Tane in you speaking. <laughs> uh, that Crystal Frags, I feel like Crystal Frags on a Stamsork, that's 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 what we've all been waiting for, right? Let's see. We'll, we'll see how we feel about it here <laughs> in a month or two. Templar got a little bit of a much-needed nerf, I think. Uh, the Living yes. Dark ability, that's the bubble that they put on themselves, and then they basically are like incapable of dying at that point. Man, um, it's brutal. So basically, when whenever you heal them, it snares you, uh, and it heals them. Or yeah, whenever you hit them, it snares you, and it, and it heals them at the same time. And it can heal them for an uh, an awful lot. Um, mm-hmm. Now the heal no longer scales with stats. Instead, it heals for a flat two thousand health whenever it triggers. That's just it's a set amount two thousand health. I think that's a good change. I think 2000, it's still a great ability. I think it's still really good, but it's just not broken now. Yeah. Even without this ability, Templars are incredibly survivable. You know, they don't even need this thing to be almost unkillable. And then when they do use this thing, they literally are unkillable. Yes. Uh, if it's a decent build at all. Um, this definitely needed to be nerfed big time. Um, especially like if you're trying to chase a Templar down... If they pop this thing, forget it. Just give up. Don't even try to. Yeah, because don't even chase them. Just stop chasing at that yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> because it's it's snaring you and slowing you down anyway, so it's really hard to even do it uh, anyway. Um, plus, they're just getting healed a whole bunch at the same time. 
Grizzly Khan says, rip my survivability in BGs. Luckily, I don't, <laughs> I've never used this ability on my Templar, luckily, so I'm not going to suffer for it. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are saying the same thing, dude. Uh, this one, I want to see this thing in action just because I'm hoping it looks hilarious. <laughs> um, practiced incantation, which is the healing ultimate, one of the morphs. It now allows you to move at a reduced rate while channeling it rather than being unable to move at all. So you think this is going to make you go back to using this instead of the resto ults on your Templar? I, I really think there's a good chance of it. I am so excited. You know, we've talked about, um... You know, and I've lived it. You know, it's not being able to move. Just turn. It's the biggest target. It's the biggest target on your back. You can put. You can put. You can have an ABG. Yeah. Is that when you see this ability, everybody swarms because they know. All right. As soon as this over, sitting duck right here. Um. So the the ability to move again. It's a great heal. So as long. It depends on how bad the you know the uh, the snare is. Uh huh. Um. But. If you can still move at a, as a reasonable rate, still kind of keep up with the team, I can definitely see myself going back to this because I've always loved this ability. So yeah, or just being able uh, to like I'm excited about it. Just being able to, even if it's kind of slowly, being able to reposition and kite around yeah. a tree or whatever in line of sight exactly. and stuff. If if you if you're able to move fast enough, and yeah, it's a it's an incredibly strong heal. And unlike the resto ult, the resto ult only heals one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Like each tick, it can kind of bounce around. This ability heals everyone at the same time throughout the duration. It's it's very very strong. Um, yeah. If you could move, that's the only thing. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you if you could move, it's not worth it if when it sticks you to the ground. But yeah, yeah. In its current form, it's basically a massive scream to the everybody in the BG. Hey, look at me! Yeah, come take your free hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, but that living dark nerf—that's really what Templars needed, and Templars have been incredibly strong for a while. So, I don't think they're really suffering too much. Yeah, they're in a good spot right now. Um, Wardens—I've seen some mixed opinions online of people how they feel about some of these Warden changes. I don't really play enough Warden, and the, the Warden I do play as a healer, so I don't really have a strong opinion on this stuff. But um, the Wild Guardian—that particular morph of the Bear Ultimate—now deals. 10% more damage for, uh, versus the other morph instead of 5% more damage. Um, and now that damage is bleed damage instead of physical damage, which I think is very nice because I think most of the rest of um, Stamden's damage is bleed damage, right? Yeah. My my idea for uh, for Bearclaw uh, going forward, you know, we've talked about this, is that I'm turning him into like a bleed build. Yeah. And this was kind of my one hang-up is it's like, well, what do I do with my bear? He's not going to benefit off this. And uh, so I'm solved. pumped about this. Yeah. It's yeah, they fixed it for me. The bear claw build's gonna gonna be in great shape. You know, I'm gonna throw. I can't remember the name of the set off the top of my head, but the there's a set out there that increases your bleed damage by like. Is it Blood Drinker? Yeah, and it's like by like twenty percent. Yeah, it's big. It's a, it's a it's a massive amount. Yeah. So uh, my idea is that Blood Drinker set with the new um, Griffin set that summons a Griffin to fly by and deal damage, and that's bleed damage. Uh-huh. Um, with the bear now doing bleed damage, so uh, I think that 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 build just became a lot more viable. Yeah. The bear's gonna gonna be all about it now, so I'm I'm really excited about this. It also it deals bleed damage, and it's also guaranteed to apply the hemorrhaging status effect. Um, that that bear. Watch out for that bear. Watch out for that bear. <laughs> uh, 
The Deep Fissure ability, that's the other morph of Subassault. It now applies Minor Breach in addition to the Major Breach that it already applies. That's pretty nice. Yep. Um, Corrupting Pollen, that's the AoE healing ability. Um, that's one of the morphs anyway. Um, it now applies Minor Cowardice to enemies in the area. Uh, and it already applies Major Defile to enemies. Um, so it's just an additional little debuff to put on enemies there. I think that's really nice um, for PvP. My Warden will probably continue to use the other morph because it's more healing. Um, but I know a lot of Wardens in PvP do use that for just for the Defile. But having Minor Cowardice... Minor Cowardice is a very, very powerful debuff. Arctic Blast, the, uh, the armor buff... That this morph now requires enemies to be damaged five times in order to be stunned rather than three times. I'm happy about that as someone who goes up against wardens and always gets <laughs> stunned by this thing just as I'm about to execute them. Having a five second window rather than a three second window means my my combo is a lot less likely to get interrupted and I have a better chance of killing these unkillable uh, builds. Wardens are hard to kill as it is, you know, yeah. so they're probably not going to die anyway, but at least this gives me a chance. And now this the next ability is how they're gonna the new way they're gonna stun you. <laughs> Unless they're using crystallized slab, uh, which is the uh, the other morph of shimmering shield. So now crystallized slab. So that's the one you know they put those little ice shields around them, and then when you hit them with a projectile, it shoots a little crystal ball back at you, right? And it absorbs that projectile. So now that that crystal that it shoots back at you is gonna stun you. Yeah. Um, so I think that makes it a very, very good defensive, um, morph. I do see why they wanted to give this something because shimmering shield is just the obvious Oof. choice. It gives you that, that major so, here or major, what's it called? The uh, heroism. Is it heroism? Yeah. Um, it gives you that major heroism, that, that ultimate generation. So, so nice. So I feel like that's always the go-to, but this, that, this one is a lot more enticing if you're getting, hit with like a uh, ranged attack, someone sniping you, you're going up against a Sork or something like that. Uh, this is going to be a pretty big deterrent because it's going to be throwing damage back at them and it's going to be stunning them at the same time. Yeah. So you can get some people off your back pretty well with that. The Northern Storm Ultimate now gives you 300 weapon and spell damage instead of giving you max magicka. There's some other stuff. I don't think we're going to get into the rest of it, but there's uh, uh, some minor tweaks to the heavy armor passives, Vampires, werewolves, the two-hander, one-handed shield, they all got some kind of minor adjustments. Uh, I would just go to the ESO forums, go to the PTS section, and read the patch notes there if you're interested in all that stuff. Um, there are two new CP stars, and they've made some adjustments to a bunch of the other stars as well. I'm not going to get into all that stuff just because, I don't know, it just seems... I never, I never am interested in the champion point stuff. Honestly, I think it's just because we do so much BGs. It's yeah. just like ah, that, that doesn't matter to me. Yeah, we just have. I mean, most of my characters, I have zero CP even put in. Yeah, yeah, a lot uh, of them we just refund the CP just so we can see the the real stats yeah, while we're running stats. around and stuff. <laughs> the the main the main reason I have CP in a couple of my characters is just because Uncle Sam and, and CPU dueling me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to at least kind of put up a fight. But uh, there are those two new stars. I think they're damage-related uh, CP stars. Slottable. They're slottable. Um, and then there's some changes to some existing sets. And again, we're going to skip most of them, but there's a couple that stand out 
Uh, Draugrkin's Grip is a very popular PvP set and PvE set, I think, too. Um, so it's been changed. It now increases all of your damage done by 330 and reduces your healing taken by 10% rather than causing your direct damage attacks to cause the enemies to take 617 more damage from your attacks for 6 seconds with a 9 second cooldown. That's a mouthful, I know. <laughs> but basically the way this set works right now is you hit somebody and it puts this like curse on them and then while they have that curse on them, all of your attacks deal 617 additional damage. So if you're especially dot builds, they get a lot mm -hmm. of damage out of this thing. So now it doesn't do that at all. You don't put a curse on anyone at all. This this set doesn't do that anymore. It's just while you're wearing it, all of your attacks now deal an additional 330 damage at all times, but you also take 10% less healing from all sources. Seems like a nerf, right? Yeah. Pretty big nerf. Yeah, I gotta think it's a it's a pretty massive nerf. You did have uh, like three seconds of downtime with it before, so there is that. But who cares? You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it definitely seems like a nerf. There's something to be said of of it increases all damage done by three thirty instead of giving you three thirty weapon and spell damage. It's different. So mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know it, how that quite works out. I'm pretty sure it just tacks. I'm pretty sure it just tacks 330 damage points onto like the tooltips of your abilities, right? It just 330 doesn't seem like a huge number to have a pretty big uh, detriment along with yeah. it. You know that penalty seems pretty big. I, I don't know. That 330 just doesn't seem near big enough to. You know, we were just talking about one of these new sets that's given you 740 as long as you use up your stamina so <laughs> and that's weapon and spell damage so you know i don't know how the numbers translate between increasing your damage compared to actual weapon and spell damage so maybe there's some math there but well uh a nerf was inevitable i think i mean this is an extremely strong set i know like mag dk's have been using this set for a long time mm -hmm. any really any dot build but i feel like a nerf has been coming for a while um, so it's just finally here, maybe a little too much, but, um, it really, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not like I was, I don't even want to say like, I'm glad to see it. Cause I never really felt, I personally never really felt like it was a huge problem to me, but I know it was very popular and anytime anything becomes super duper popular, it's definitely going to get nerfed at some point. <laughs> Got to make room for other stuff. The new stuff, the, the new know? stuff. Yeah. Uh, Zahn. I don't know. Oof. Tell me if this is a nerf or not. It's definitely Oof. changed a lot. So now Zahn applies uh, a tether to the target that damages all enemies touching it rather than just a beam that only hits one target. Um, they reduce the base damage by about 52%. Big nerf. Uh, increase the duration to 10 seconds instead of 6 seconds. Increase the, the cooldown to 20 seconds instead of 18 seconds. Um, so higher uptime, I think, uh, it's now guaranteed to apply the burning status, uh, and it now requires a critical light or heavy attack rather than just a light or heavy attack. And note the proc chance still remains the same. That's what really killed it. In addition to the damage nerf, it, it's already a 33% proc chance from a light or heavy attack. Now it's a 33% proc chance on a critical light or heavy attack. So Zahn much lower gone. proc chance. Zahn yeah. is gone. <laughs> yeah. And not that it was even like 
Yeah, I didn't really feel like it. You know, I it's remember like back it in everywhere. the day, it used to be really, you know, it seemed really OP. But you really, I really feel like you meta, don't. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't feel like you even see it that much anymore. And so I, I, I was really surprised yeah. by this pretty substantial nerf, in my opinion. Yeah, like a massive nerf. Like, look, look what they did to my baby boy. My goodness. <laughs> uh, which I don't actually use Zon on any of my builds, but uh, yeah, it didn't seem to be like overly popular or anything to me. It certainly didn't seem to be a major problem when I do run into it. I don't know if it really deserved this kind of treatment. Like, my yeah. goodness. Um, but there you go. If you're using Zons, use Grothadar instead. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, switch it up. That's the public test server. We skipped a lot of stuff. There's a lot of lot more stuff in there, of course. Um, go to the forums, go to the public test server section, read those notes for yourself if you want all the details. We always just kind of cherry pick out the stuff that's most interesting to us and for the way that we play the game. But there's lots of, you know, like housing related things and all kinds of stuff like that that, um, that we don't dig too deeply into. Um, so definitely check that out if that sort of stuff interests you. I have been doing a little bit of Bee Gees. I've I've made a rule for myself that I can't play Elden Ring unless I've played at least two BGs a day. <laughs> that's the that's the rule I've been following. Um, so minimum two BGs. If they're going well, I may do a few more. Um, but um, you know, we don't have deathmatch, or we don't have the ability to specifically queue for deathmatch. Right? It's the it's the random only queue. Yep. I wonder how many episodes will go by. You know, we've already been through all of this where it's like, okay, this is like the 20th episode in a row we've complained about this thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just an observation. I've, I've been playing at least two Battlegrounds every single day since the last time that we've talked. And it really is those same old frustrations that, that we were expecting with, with this uh, random only queue. Um, so many times I'll find myself in a match on a team where the instant combat happens the instant that there are enemies to fight i look behind me and my teammates are totally gone right because they they don't want to engage in combat if they want to win the match they need to run to the nearest flag and not waste time fighting people yep you know or relic or you know whatever they're going to grab yeah exactly um so that happens all the time because i'm there to fight people but i can't i can't 1vx you know i need my team to be there uh so if i want to fight people, I, I have to fight outnumbered. Otherwise, I just have to go follow my team, which means I'm not getting to fight anyone. And I'm just standing on flags for 15 minutes, and then the match is over, and boy, that sure was fun. <laughs> um, there's, there's also the same old arguing because of that very thing, where some people want to fight other players, some people want to focus the objectives, and there's always disagreements in the chat about what we should do and how, how we should go about playing the match. Nobody's ever on the same page. Um, so that just, we've talked about it all before, you know, it just creates this negative environment. It creates this toxic situation where almost every match people are just straight up arguing and at each other's throats. And that's just a bummer. I can't play the way I want to play. And even when I kind of get past that, I have to deal with this negativity. And there's probably not, it's probably not going to change, you know, so I'm, I am just going to have to get over it because it's yeah. probably this is the permanent situation. I'm pretty sure. I don't know about permanent, but definitely this way for a good a good long while until they decide to take another look at it. You know, but I feel like they've kind of crossed it off the list like, all right, we took care of that. Moving on, you know, 
They yeah. may circle back around to it in a year or two, or who knows. But it's a bummer. It's my favorite thing to do. It's like my favorite video game thing to do. Period. You know, and it's like it's been it's been sullied. I've been noticing this thing where I really am leaning heavily towards my stamina builds here lately, and in particular my Stamplar um, versus my Magplar. I feel like they their roles in my mind have, have flip-flopped, where before it was like, my Stamplar is my favorite character. It's the one I really like to play with, but if I want to pick a character that's actually going to be the best for my team and the best success rate, it's actually my Magplar that I should be playing with. So that's often who I end up logging in with is my Magplar. Um, but lately, that's kind of flipped, and I feel like my Stamplar is actually better than my Magplar as far as how I have them built and how I play them and, and, and how I contribute to the team and stuff like that. I'm getting better results with my Stamplar. Now, that's not to say I'm doing better heals than my Magplar. That's not the case. Probably about half the amount of heals that my Magplar gets. But the thing is, a lot of my Magplar's heals are coming from HOTS. They're coming from like regeneration ticking on my allies. Um, and I think that kind of artificially pumps up those healing numbers. You know, they may not necessarily even really need that HOT at that time when it's ticking or whatever. Whereas Betsy, her heals are all very intentional, very like specifically this person needs a heal right now. So the heals that she's doing are kind of like the right heals at the right time kind of situation. Yeah. That's the big part for me is that is that with these changes – you know, stamina kind of got everything that, that Magicka had. Like, you can kind of get all that on stamina now. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's got me wondering, like, what's the future of my Magicka builds, right? Like, I have this roster of, I have I have six Magicka builds, you know, and, and seven <laughs> stamina builds. But I have these, these six characters that I'm thinking, like, I don't know why I would log in with this character rather than the stamina counterpart. You know, because the stamina counterpart can basically do all that same cool stuff. Plus, you have all that stamina and stamina recovery to, you know, to be really athletic and aggressive and all that kind of stuff. So, is the future of my Magicka characters just to be healers, just to be dedicated healers? And that's what all my Magicka builds are healers. All my stamina builds are whatever I want them to be, basically. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I kind of. I'm kind of wondering if going forward, if all my Magicka builds are just going to be set in the bench until I want to snatch one of them up to be a healer for something. And in that case, I feel like anytime I want to play a healer, I, why would I not play on my Magcro? It's the best healer possible, basically, for, for Battlegrounds anyway. Yeah. So um, that's something I'm kind of chewing on, and I don't really have a good answer for. It's like, what is the future of these characters that I have? Um, or are they just going to become some other new like hybrid thing or, or whatever. I really have no idea. It's just a weird spot. And they're, you know, they've, they've made a bunch of balance adjustments with this patch and they've said in a, in communications in the past couple of weeks that they're, they are planning in future patches to continue to make balance adjustments. So we may find uh, where we need to be on that at some point, but um, that's something I'm thinking about. And it's like, It'd be a real bummer if half my character roster is just dead weight. You know, I, I hope they, I, I, we figure something out to do with those guys besides just be healers. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to hear your thoughts on that or on anything else. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know um, 
you know, any suggestions you have for the show, any questions you might have for us, uh, if you just want to say hello or tell us a joke, really anything you want, scrollonpodcast at gmail.com is the place to send that stuff. We have a guild. Its name is Stoons Goons. It is the best named guild on PCNA, and it's the official guild of the Scrollin' Podcast. If you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Grizzlycon says, wait, what was that email address again? It is scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll get you into the goons. Uh, if your guild roster is full and you want to be a part of the community anyway, that's totally fine. Send us an email and we'll invite you to the Discord, which is really where it's all happening anyway. That's where we're mostly hanging out and talking and communicating and all that sort of stuff. And in, in, in my book, if you're in the Discord, you're one of the goons. That's just how I see it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, and uh, shout out to GrizzlyCon for being here with us tonight and hanging out in the chat while we uh, while we do this thing. Always a pleasure to have you. Always and shout out to it. shout out to Crimson as well. She left a little yep. early, but she was here too. Always fun to have you both. Any other shout outs? Um, probably some that we should, but I just can't think of right now. Shout out to everyone listening. You guys are all great. Thank you so much. Um, anything else, Davius? I think that's it. How's moving coming along? Oh man, that's my my goal is to get moved. That it, I got to get moved, and so I can get back to some scrolling time. Right now, uh, my time is spent kind of organizing this move, getting getting mm-hmm. getting rid of the current house, selling the current house, getting the new house, getting things moved, getting all of the all of the things that go along with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of. Uh, it's a it's an unsettled time, and I am very ready to be in the new house and settled and back to just good old scrolling in the evenings. Yeah, uh, I'm ready. I'm for looking it. forward to that too, man. We I, I miss those those good old duo BG nights, yep. man. It's been it's been oh, too yeah. long. And we got to drag you into Elden Ring as well. <laughs> um, that has also been discussed. I'm I'm still playing a lot of Elden Ring. I, I'm not going to talk about it this episode because we've been going on for for a long time already. But maybe next episode I might have some things to say. I am the Elden Lord now, though. Ooh. So Elden Lord Sparrowhawk, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's your introduction to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I beat the game and got a crappy ending. I'm going to probably play it again and get a good ending. But uh, uh, yeah, it's really good. I've been doing some PvP and stuff as well. And I'll talk about that probably in a, in a future episode at some point. But anyway, I think that is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.